0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. This is a special interview. It was done a while ago, and I really have to apologize that I have not released it sooner. Things have been a little crazy over here, and we're running a few months ahead with the interviews, but I am so excited to bring this to you. Um, I'm Georgiana,
1: and I suffer from various illnesses, such as lupus, um, fibromyalgia, Uh, hepatitis B, um, functional neurological disorder, and PTSD and depression.
0: Okay, we have so much to unpack Uh, there. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that all of us are like, uh, spoonies are just like, okay, so this is what I have, and this, and this, and this, and this, and then our our medical files look like war and peace. Yeah. Okay, so. um, Yeah. (laughs) The one that I don't know what it is in there was the neurological. What was. Sorry. What was the neurological one? Functional
1: neurological disorder. Okay. Yeah. So. um, Sorry. It's when. um, For me, it happened. They're non epileptic seizures, and they can be brought on by severe stress um of the body or of the brain. Um, and I started, I only just got diagnosed last year, so 2017. Um, I so I was very stressed out and I developed PTSD while I was writing my autobiography. Um, and I was in a very toxic environment and so my brain couldn't handle all the the shit that was going on, basically. Um, And, yeah, um, and they, what they do is they cause me to stop functioning. As in the brain's um, pathways don't go straight to, like, limbs. And so for six weeks, I couldn't walk because I knew how to walk. It was just... I couldn't. My brain couldn't tell my limb to walk. You kind of understand that?
0: I think I do. So what you're saying is, is your brain is saying walk, move, and your legs are like oh, there's nothing coming in. What do you mean walk and move? Uh, <laughs> is that about it? Basically, Where the legs basically. just aren't getting the message from the brain. Yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. So how did they diagnose that? And I, I, I mean, you're over. You're in New Zealand. Is that right? Which, which country are you in? What country are you in? I'm in New Zealand. Yeah. So you guys actually have, um, you have real healthcare or at least healthcare that's accessible. What was it like to get diagnosed with, with that one? We'll go through all the other ones in a minute, but whenever it's neurological and you're, um, you're dealing with these questions, doctors, uh, at least the ones I know, it can be a little hard to get the diagnosis when you're talking about something that's not visible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I so I would I wasn't able to accept that I had a new disorder. Um so I tried to speak to my rheumatologists and say this is a lupus flare up um and it's attacking my brain, which is not some like it's not new. But um they did all the tests and everything and all the blood tests and they all came my lupus was stable. So they're like, it's it's not lupus. It's sexy. You've developed a new disorder. <laughs> that
0: and is overachiever it's, of your body. Like, no, nah, all of these, that's not enough. Let's just yeah, keep going with this. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's basically what I said. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's
0: so, just not um, fair. You have to laugh when it's this unfair.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um so I yeah, I guess that that's that's it. um, there's no actual like proper test okay. that like defines kind of the illness it's it's a it's a combination of everything, and once I started seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist, they were both very like on the side, yeah, you've got this new disorder, um so. I was just like, oh, okay. I guess I got another disorder now. Woohoo. One more me. to add
0: to the list? It's just great when you can just
1: I, I wanted to add I just want I'm like trying this thing of wanting to get as many illnesses as possible. <laughs> I can get. You so know,
0: yeah. Non spoonies, they try to get as many like passport stamps in their passport. You know, spoonies, we're just trying yeah. to get as many stamps as like that's that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah lupus that is one of these um it's a lot like ms when it's just the system wide like everything
1: yeah yeah um so um i was gonna ask have you have you read my illnesses but do you want me to really explain how lupus affects me
0: absolutely because lupus affects different people in very different ways. And this is also for everyone who might not know what lupus is.
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, lupus is an autoimmune illness um, and systemic means the whole body. So I have systemic lupus. Um, And for me, lupus has attacked my lungs, my heart, um, where I had to have two valve replacements. Uh, My blood So I have a lupus Induced blood clotting disorder Um, And I also Suffer from lupus induced Eczema Which is awesome Because (laughs) I scratch myself All the time So yeah that's fun Um, And also just fatigue um, Is a real Big thing for me Um, So hence the reason I chose to become a writer uh, so I can write from my bed. As you can see, I'm just lying on my pillows. It it's, does it's look great, comfy. <laughs> yeah, it is very comfy. Yeah, it's um, it's really crap weather at the moment. So I'm in my little room, um, and the warmth and things like that. So uh, I don't have to go. Well, I've got to go out do some appointments. But um, so sorry. Getting back to Lucas. <laughs> um, my hair. Fell out when I was first diagnosed, um, just a little bit.
0: And when did um, you get first diagnosed?
1: Oh, so I was 12 or 11, 12, um, and I had my first symptoms were chest pain and excess fluid around my joints. <clears throat> um, so I had arthritis, like I had the symptoms of arthritis, and I came in, I went into the hospital. Um, and they thought I had rheumatic fever. So it, so lupus um, imitates other illnesses. Um, and so at that time it was imitating rheumatic fever, which is common in New Zealand because of the housing situations um, not being warm enough. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it was pretty um, – it was almost touch and go there. Um So I got, I had a whole lot of fluid around my heart. Um, and it was drowning my heart slowly and my lungs. And I had about half an hour to live, and they had to rush me into uh, another hospital, get me there, and then they had to, um, insert. So did they have to, like, a a lung drain?
0: Oi. And you were 12, and they were doing. So that's a really big needle that goes like right through the. Like, think vampire yeah, they, they staking.
1: Put me, they put me to sleep. Thank oh, goodness, thank God. I've, yeah, I know, because I've never been good with needles. <laughs> and I know I need to be, because I have millions and millions of blood tests, but I will never be able to, like, handle a needle going near me, so. A lot of the time when they want to do procedures, I'm just like, just knock me out, please. It'll be less, like, issues for you, less issues for me. We'll all be happy and all that. So, yeah, sadly, they don't just, like, knock adults out, which sucks.
0: Yeah, I want that. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I am not highly evolved enough of an adult to handle all that pain. Just, like, let me sleep.
1: (laughs) I am, yeah, I know. Um, I so oh, what was I going to say? Oh, Fred, I've forgotten.
0: No, um, this is the uh, this is the brain fog that happens with all these yes, illnesses. Yes, yes. So you were twelve years old. You had mm-hmm. only a, like a few minutes left to live, as they are like putting you out to put this huge needle into you to, I'm guessing, alleviate the pressure around your heart and lungs. Is that right? Yes. Your yeah, parents yeah. must have been beside themselves. <laughs> Huh. Well,
1: that's 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 another story on top of everything else. Uh,
0: there's, um, but wait, I, there's more. <laughs> oh, there's my more goodness. I just want to hug you. That is so much, especially at 12. And you're, I mean, yeah. that, I, I have kids that age right now, and I can't imagine them dealing with this. You had to have been yeah. so...
1: I can't even imagine how you were able to process all of that at 12. I wasn't, I wasn't. And I, I, so I like to say, I've said in my autobiography, which is called my beautiful trauma, which should be out either at the end of this year or beginning of next year. Um, uh, I have said that the, I was 26 when I actually, kind of was able to accept that I had you know this illness um, and that was like a hospital visit to I was like um, I went to friends and stuff for Christmas and two days after Christmas I was in the hospital um, needing like antibiotics and stuff and I just kind of sat there and was like yeah, this is my life now. I have lupus. So um yeah, I wasn't able to accept that I had that I was sick because one of the reasons because as you'll read in my autobiography, um my family didn't really allow me to process things and you know there is a grief process with whatever you're diagnosed with, or whatever you go through, there's always some kind of process to actually be able to go, yeah, that happened to me, or yes, I have this illness sort of thing.
0: That's such an important point, is that you have to be allowed a grieving process. What do you think that would have looked like for a 12-year-old? What could your parents have done better? Not to rag on parents. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to rag on no, any parents. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, for those of us who might have sick kids, what, what would you have rather had happen?
1: I think I would, I would rather them do, like, research to actually um, know the illness from inside out and to allow me to research maybe – I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't work for everyone, but maybe some kind of support system or support network uh for other people who have similar illnesses. Like I was the youngest to ever be diagnosed at that time with lupus. Um and that's why it was so hard for them to diagnose me. Um so I think I would have I would have preferred more knowledge or them actually using their brains to to research more about what lupus was because I ended up doing that myself, but I still wow. didn't, didn't understand, um, what, like what it actually is and how it's going to affect me in the long run. Um, and i remember going to my mum saying that because i was um i was having a hard time um at home at that same time and i said to mum uh, anxiety and depression can be part of lupus or is um common for lupus patients lupus sufferers um actually what word or what do you use? How do you describe yourself? Like, do you describe yourself as like a a survivor or sufferer of an illness? Like, both sound kind of cheesy, but I'm just curious to know.
0: How would you I describe? I like that. That's, um, that depends on the day, <laughs> 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 that depends on the hour, actually. Um, I can go yeah, from being, sure. I, I have a very distinct public face and personality for people who um, I don't necessarily know well enough to show the Darker side too, <laughs> and for them, yes, yeah. I, I get to hear the word inspiring quite a bit. But um, there's definite dark. Mo- I know I come across really cheerful, but there are dark moments of the soul, and Kira's oh, can yeah. tell you all about them. Kira's has watched me get very upset. My husband's seen it a few times. My parents maybe once or yeah. twice. But I have a hard time letting myself really do the grieving process. That's that's a scary yeah. one for me that I have not I have not embraced yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. someday yeah. it's on my to-do list it will happen <laughs> but i think it's incredible <laughs> yeah. I, I love the idea that you're doing the autobiography and by the way the name of it is fantastic for autobiography or for a great punk band that is a great name and Thank i'm you. so inspired by you because the um the looking inwards that you're doing with the autobiography that's brave i mean i, I I really yeah, do
1: give you full why, credit. Of it, thank you. Because of it, I did develop a new disorder because I thought my autobiography wouldn't be enough without just just another extra stuff on top, you know. Just one more? It it just, yeah, add to the pile.
0: So I want to go back a little bit because 12 is – amazing to me and I don't know why because I was sick from when I was eight so I'm always interested in other people who had to be like in and out of hospitals and in being stuck in bed as a kid how did that work out for you with friends socially through like grade school junior high high school how did you handle being chronically ill through like these times where everyone else is running around
1: yeah um I remember for that first year I did correspondence school um, because I'd already missed, like, I was in hospital for probably six months for the first, like, flare-up, um, so, yeah, um, yeah, correspondence school, but it didn't really, like, majorly affect me till later on in life. Maybe because I didn't allow it to, or I would push through a lot of it because I didn't want to be a sick person. Um, yeah, I just, it just didn't fancy me, you know. Um, that is a great way to phrase that, by the way.
0: I'm loving that.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, and my, my, um, the people that. Raised me, I say that in bracket, in commas, um, because they didn't like when I'd have days of really bad arthritis. Um, there's been there were times actually back then that I would literally have to crawl to my bedroom, and I would sleep in my clothes because I couldn't take them off because my fingers were so swollen. And I don't know if you can see but I'll show you my kind of my uh, my arthritic. They call them arthritic um, fingers or hands. Let me just can you see like the big
0: swelling? I absolutely can see that swelling. That is that is Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that is that, visible that's for me. Okay, so you're going to actually make me put this up on the YouTube channel now. So I'm actually pretty glad my daughter convinced me to brush my hair for this interview, because I usually do this in my pajamas and uh, uh, no makeup. But she did convince me to get my hair, so uh, this will go up on YouTube. Oh, wow. (laughs) If you're going to show me the fingers, I've got to show everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Unless you don't want me to. If you do not want me to, I will... I think you look darling, but that's my opinion. Uh-huh. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, with friends, were you able to... I understand that you are you were not getting the physical support you needed while you were a kid, but were you getting any support from friends? Were you able to be around other kids your own age? Um, After that
1: first year, yes, but for like a year. But then because... Everything got kind of um uplifted, like my life. Um, like, okay. Um, I didn't have many friends growing up. Um, I was seen as kind of weird, um, and also, um, I think, yeah, I because i I had a lot going on as well, not just being sick, but all that other family shit that happened um so I didn't really know how or wasn't given a good platform to kind of learn ways of dealing with what was happening to me and how to tell other kids kind of thing because some I remember some going what's wrong with you why are you so like why don't you come to school?" and I didn't really know the answer at that, that time, um, I think, because uh, I wasn't allowed to say that I'm sick kind of thing. Um, it was like a frowned upon thing to just tell people that you're sick. Like, um, But as I've got older, I'm just like, yeah, I've got this and this and this. Um, and also, actually, fast forward so many years. Um, so my the lupus attacked uh, my mitral and aortic valve in the heart, um, and I had to get both replaced. Um, and there was this whole discussion of whether I'd get pig valve. Oh,
0: wow. I've heard of those
1: those are crazy you get the the other um so uh pig valves um for someone with lupus can have the um issue of lupus reattacking the valves again or your body rejecting them so um they decided to go for mechanical but because I have a, a genetic blood clotting disorder as well as a lupus-induced blood clotting disorder. And now mechanical valves. I have to be on warfarin, which is a, um, a blood thinner and is probably one of the most harshest drugs out there um, because it's got, like, traces of rat poison in
0: it. And... Um, yeah. So I. Oh, one second. I, Just give give everyone who does not know what this is, what the side effects are for for warfarin. Okay. So
1: um, you. So my my blood has to be a lot more runnier than say you or a normal person in kind of commas. Um. Uh. So I bleed a lot more easily, but my. The mechanical valves cause blood clots, and so I have I have the risk of bleeding heaps, um, and I also have the risk of uh, clotting. And um, if I don't get my international ratio checked, which is the time your blood clots, so an example of that is. For other people that don't have all the issues I have, their blood clotting time is 1, whereas my blood clotting time has to be between 3.5 and 4.
0: Okay, so I'm going to guess that this really changes quite a few things for you with um, having to avoid getting cut.
1: Yep, yep, and when I... I bruise so easily by doing nothing, basically. I always get, like, new bruises basically every once a week or several times a week. I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had that bruise or, oh, another bruise kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it can, like, if you let it, it can really um, – Um, decrease your kind of your body image and how you, you know, feel within yourself. But luckily I kind of went the other way and was like, I'm going to own it kind of thing. I have bruises. Whoop! (laughs) So, um, you know, there's always, there's always um, the one thing I think is important to say is there's always a choice of how you, like let your the illnesses that you have kind of um, affect you um, sort of thing like I mean it's important to go through a, a the grieving process, but it's also what can you do with your the knowledge of your illnesses or what can you do uh, with having all these illnesses like can you use it to say? start a blog or write a book or, uh, something kind of, kind of like that do you. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: I so get what you're saying. I went from being a jeweler to being a photographer to being too sick to do that, to starting this podcast. Um, yeah. no, I, I understand the, um, the I'm too sick to do this. So what's next? Yeah. So I have a question for you because I'm actually dealing with it myself. Um, with all the things you have and with all the medications you're on, how do you handle like new symptoms? Because uh, I'm always, i lucky enough to have like a big group of people to ask questions of, but it's always like, well, okay, is this a new symptom? Is this a new side effect? Is this a new disorder? <laughs> like, How do yeah. you have so many you're dealing with? How do you possibly, if you have something new, how do you, how do you uh-huh. figure it out? <laughs>
1: Um, well, not to, um, blow my own horn, (laughs) but I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not dumb. Like I, um, I know my, like you are basically your own doctor as they say, because you, you, you seem to, well, I'm very, um, aware of like my body's reactions to things and I, um. Actually, this is probably a good place to um, – yeah, I'll share this with you. Um, so for uh, – back in 2014, I got really sick, and no one knew what was wrong with me, um, and I started getting sores all over my body, and I was like, oh, something is wrong within me. But the doctors didn't know what. And they were like, it's not lupus because your lupus is stable. Um, And I was like, test for all my other issues. Um, And for a whole year, I'd go back and forth to the hospital going, there is something wrong. You Mm. need to admit me and you need to do all these bloods. And luckily, I'm not afraid to be assertive. Um, and I think it's a problem if you're afraid to actually go, hang on a minute, I think you're wrong there. Yeah, I know my body more than you. So, um, and it wasn't until November of the year, so the end of the year, that they did this one blood test, <coughs> um, which tested my hepatitis levels. Um And they found out that I was having a flare of my hepatitis. And that took a whole year, but I was determined to not give up. Um, And that was, like, I think the last discharge, last admittance, and they put me on drugs, and I was like, this could have happened at the beginning of the year. Um, But... I noticed. I really was very aware, um, and am aware of my own body. And also, I like to research. I mean, some people don't because Google can tell you're having cancer when it's <laughs> not. Um, but you know, you can. I guess you can pick and choose and look at your symptoms. And and if there's something, if if I feel there's something wrong, I do go to the doctor and sometimes i'm i'm wrong sometimes it could just be the weather it could be my fatigue levels and all that sort of stuff so um uh yeah i think you have to be um uh maybe yeah vigilant i guess is um you have to be vigilant with yourself
0: I will then, throw one more wrench into that because I'm here in the United States where if we go to the hospital, we could end up yeah. in bankruptcy or <laughs> there's a lot of us who cannot afford to see the specialists we need to see or the medicine we need to take. And I, um, New Zealand, you're socialized medicine, is that right? Uh, sorry, say that again? Do you have to pay when you go to the hospital or the doctor?
1: Um, to the GP, so the general practitioner. Okay. Uh, yes, we do. Although if you're sick like me, we do get um, a, called a long-term plan or something, as in you don't have to pay for your doctor visits. You see them, you get to see them for free um, if you are a regular. So, yeah, I was very fortunate to, I guess I am very fortunate to kind of be like, I can see my doctor whenever, and sorry, I didn't think about you and you're in uh In America, that must be really hard.
0: It is. um, I I always bring this up in each episode, so everyone has gotten pretty used to it. But I I am going to keep doing it until the United States becomes more um, humane. And um, I almost went bankrupt just from hospital bills. So it's... um, I went to the emergency room and ended up with this $15,000 CT scan. And uh, the, my and I had insurance, which I was paying $700 a month for, and they still would yeah. not cover it because they had done it thinking I had an appendicitis. And since it was an ovarian cyst and not an appendicitis, the insurance wouldn't yeah. cover it. So these are the things that Americans deal with with going to the hospital, even if they have insurance. They could end up with 15 dollars you know, even a hundred thousand dollars in bills. And my father, who has um, who has a chronic illness, his treatment costs almost a hundred thousand dollars per treatment. Oh my goodness! So I, maybe it's a hundred thousand per three or four months. But anyway, if he didn't have the insurance he has, they wouldn't be able to keep their house. Like these are the things that Americans are dealing with. And so when people get annoyed at me for talking about this all the time, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm actually in a good position compared to other people. And even in the good position I'm in, I won't go to the hospital because I'm afraid of the bill.
1: Oh, that's, that's so
0: bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, It's so important to um, to talk to everyone who has medicine that is doing well in other countries because we get told a lot of uh, BS over here about what socialized medicine is like in other countries. So I am just doing my little part that no, it's not ideal, but it's a lot more ideal than people going bankrupt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sucks. I mean, <laughs> <Yes. I'm> not drop <laughs> it in, but I'm so thankful that I'm not, you know, Not anyway. in America,
0: yes. Be very thankful you are not here right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are all very scared at the moment. Anyway, I will get off of my soapbox because I do it way too often. <laughs> and I want to <laughs> circle back around because, oh my goodness, um, we're almost like running low on time. And yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what your everyday life is like because you put down that you have been a youth worker and I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah, so a youth worker is... Um, Kind of like a social worker. Oh,
0: okay. Uh,
1: however, it's more less paperwork and more actually hanging out with the person or with the young person um, and just, yeah, getting to know them. But you don't have to, like, go back to the government or and write up a massive as um, story about how they're doing. What um, an amazing so,
0: job! I I'm a little jealous. That sounds um, wonderful. It was
1: it was awesome. It was really awesome. But sadly, I can't I can't do that anymore because um that was ah oh, sorry I missed out one thing. I had a stroke when I was 22. Um, so I'm a little bit disabled now. Um, I had a stroke from a blood clot that formed in my heart and went to my brain.
0: Now, what was Uh, that like? Because I imagine that when you're talking to other people who have strokes, you're not talking to other 22 year olds.
1: No, no. I think the, um, in New Zealand, I think, oh, there's where I live. Um, there's this stroke support group and it's called young stroke support. And the youngest was 40. Wow! Um, yeah, yeah. But um, there's just been news that a young uh, eight-year-old or something had a stroke.
0: Oh my um, goodness!
1: Yeah. So mm, I think it's food—the uh, food that, like, the all the modified, genetically modified food and all that kind of stuff. Um, First stroke. Yes. Yeah. Sorry?
0: For strokes?
1: It's like to have a stroke, like, you know, can cause a stroke. Oh. Because it's really fatty and sugary and not
0: nutritious for the body. So with everything you've been dealing with, how mobile are you? How are able are you to get outside and, and move around? Are you able to get outside, move around, drive by yourself?
1: I don't drive, and I've never been able to drive anyway, so um, never got around to it. Um, I I can walk um, at times. I need like I need a support stick or my walking stick. Um, yeah.
0: So, how is your social life? How are you? Are you able to get out to meet people, or do people come yeah. to you?
1: Yeah. Um, I can go places and. Um, uh, a lot of the time I prefer people to come to me um, and they're usually pretty good because they, you know, they know me well, most of them um, because I don't really um, I don't, well I do meet new people but usually I just, I'm quite I have an ability to be quite assertive and just say how I'm feeling and like, you know, say if it's not going to work or, or anything, um, then just don't even kind of try. Just say not can't do this because I feel that in order to be able to be a good person, you have to look at, like you have to listen to yourself listen to your body because you're actually no use when you're really tired and grumpy and just want to go to bed. That's just not kind of the coolest person to be around if you
0: get, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that about 90% of the time. (laughs) Oh. So we're actually heading to almost the end of of our time and (laughs) – Really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything that you would like to say before we we finish the interview? Um, well, I'd like to do some self-promoting. If that's Please right. self-promote, and when your book is out, I want you to absolutely email me, and we'll like we'll do a whole little social media push of your book. That would be awesome. Oh, I'd be uh, so happy to.
1: Yes. Well, I have my own blog. And website, it's called My Beautiful Trauma, um, and can I say the the uh, the actual website
0: you but. absolutely can but we're also going to link it in the show notes so if you oh, oh. are listening and you want to read this just go over to our website invisible not and right there in the podcast you could just click on this episode and all of it will be linked right at the very top thank you so much for listening to this week's invisible not broken we are so grateful for all of you and the reason that we have gotten the amazing and humbling numbers of downloads are because you have shared us. We don't advertise. Um, I just have to say how grateful I am. If you want to do something really nice for us, please share us with friends, family, anyone you would like to understand these disorders or just what it's like to be chronically ill better. Um, You can also share us with any support groups you are a part of. That would be wonderful as well. You can head over to our iTunes. It's still the best place to leave an embarrassingly nice review about us and to hit that subscribe button. Another thing that we've been working on is it's very sick to be... It's very sick. It's very expensive to be sick in America. And um, it would be wonderful if you can and if you are willing to be a part of our Patreon Patreon community all of our content will be free. Um I'm never going to charge for content. Um, but there are some really cool things that you can get as prizes for signing up and we would really appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Please tune in next week we have another exciting episode for you then. Until then, be kind, be gentle and be a badass.